all you have is $3,200 a month, right? Like, that's your max capacity. Max capacity. Here's another one. Do your own do dill. Oh, do dill. Gotta do the do dill. <laughs> now I want a pickle. Welcome back, rich girls and boys, to Rich Girl Roundup, our weekly casual convo on the Money with Katie show. I'm your host, Katie Gaddy Tossan, and this is a quick message from our sponsors. All right, before we get into it, this week's upcoming main episode is about money in divorce. I know, really like sexy, light stuff from me as usual, but given the reality of how half of marriages end in divorce and how the lower earning partner usually gets the shaft, it's a topic that feels vital to cover. So it's also a part of what I'm covering in my upcoming book, Get Pumped. All right, on to the roundup. Henna, how are we doing today? I'm good. This week's question came from Gavin W. Should I get a 15 or 30 year mortgage? And more broadly, this is something you and I have discussed is, is the 15 year mortgage dead? Is it worth considering? Like my initial response to his question when we talked about this was, it's interesting to me that anyone's even asking this because people (laughs) can't afford 30 year mortgages today, let alone 15. So I'm kind of I don't know. I'm like shook. I think I know one person in my life who has a 15-year mortgage. Are they rich? Yeah, I would say so. One of them's a lawyer. One of them works and has like a geological formation name and where they work. So you can do the math there. But I actually did not know that the 30-year mortgage was introduced in the 1940s and that the 15-year mortgage was the default until we did that episode and you shared that. Yes. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, well, now this housing situation that we're in now makes so much more sense. But I figured we could start by running the numbers of what a 15-year mortgage would be. So let's say that you're trying to buy, I don't know, let's say $500,000 for easy math, uh, a house, and that's around the median. And you have your $100,000 down payment to 20%. So I looked up today's 30-year fixed rate mortgage, and that's 6.875%. So sub 7%, baby, we made it. And the 15-year fixed rate mortgage is 5.49%. So that's a pretty wide discrepancy. It is. And so I went into NerdWallet, as one does, and I used their 15 versus 30-year calculator. And this is just for principal and interest. So the monthly payment for a 30-year is about $2,600. The monthly payment for a 15-year is $32.65. Okay. When you amortize that over all of the the length of the loan, the total cost of your down payment principal and interest for a 15-year loan is around $690,000 for the $500,000 house. But for the 30-year loan, it's over a million. And so that's, Oof. yeah, on paper, Girl. it feels a little bit like a no-brainer to try to do the 15-year yeah. mortgage. But what I'm... Obviously, I think your question is the the right one, which is, is it realistic? Because that's a $600 difference per month. And that doesn't include taxes and HOA fees and maintenance. And I could be totally wrong, but isn't it harder to secure a loan with that high cost unless you're, what's like the rule that you have to make a certain amount? Uh, Yeah, there's a certain debt to income ratio, but this would be, actually, this is a great question. I'm not sure how they look at this because- the debt that you're borrowing is the same. It's just the repayment period that's changing. Mm. And so I'm not sure if they're looking at 
monthly gross income to decide what percentage the monthly payment represents or if they're looking at your income compared to the total loan amount. So I'm not sure, but... But ostensibly, it would be harder to get the loan with that higher monthly cost, right? Unless you make more. Yeah, I think like even like lending requirements aside, it would be more challenging theoretically to pay a mortgage that's $600 higher well, I think originally I was like, oh, Gavin, don't even stress yourself out, brother. Just go for the 30 and be done with it. But then I think actually this math is quite compelling because it, it makes purchasing a home look a lot more reasonable, frankly. I mean, 680K on a 500K home versus a million. I was like, okay, you have my attention. So what I wanted to do was layer in the opportunity cost to fully understand these two scenarios. So. Do you want to hear the opportunity cost? Okay. Well, I feel like I also tried to think of other workarounds. Let's tackle yours and then I'll share maybe like the other ideas I had. Okay, go ahead. So scenario one is you take the 15 year. So your house is paid off in 15 years for a total cost of 688K and you have $0 in investments by year 15, assuming all you have is $3,200 a month, right? Like that's your max capacity. Max capacity. Then you start investing the entirety of your former mortgage payment into the stock market in year 16. So the 3.2K you're now shoveling into the, the market. Yeah, you basically go from like 15 years of just paying for the mortgage and then that's gone and then taking the whole $3,200 a month mortgage payment and shoveling that into the stock market for Got the following you. 15 years. So by year 30... You have paid 688K for the house and you have 973K in investments. Ooh, I wish I could whistle because I would do that long whistle of impressed. You know, I'm impressed. Nick, let's get a long <laughs> whistle inserted here. Can we pipe that in? And then in scenario number two, your house is paid off in 30 years for a total cost of about a million fifty thousand. And by year 15, assuming that you've been paying off the mortgage for 2600 and then taking the remaining 600 that would have gotten toward the 15-year uh, and you've been investing that in the market, you have roughly 183k in investments by year 15 when the 15-year mortgage person has zero. But then here's where the tables turn and things womp womp is that Assuming you're still paying off the mortgage for all 30 years, you're going 2600 a month the entire time, and you're doing 600 into the stock market the entire time, you have roughly 690k in investments by the end of year 30, and you've paid a million for the house. So each path costs the same amount each month. We're talking 3200 bucks, but in one, it's the mortgage for half the time and then the investments for the other half and scenario two is a split for the entire time. So I think given those parameters, the 15-year mortgage actually looks quite attractive, but that's 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 like saying, yeah, well, if you can just like play basketball like LeBron, then like you're good. Right. We're making the assumption that everybody can afford to pay. <laughs> is it an option? Yeah. Yeah. Can you afford to do that without being stretched thin? Yeah. So the reason that I was like, I have also thought of a workaround is because I think then what a lot of people have told us they do is they get the 30 year fixed rate mortgage and then they just make additional principal payments and that lowers the interest. And then they're able to pay it off anyway. And you could do it aggressively enough that you could do it on the 15 year timeline if you wanted to, and you had the cash, but then in months where you don't have that extra cash, you could just pay the, the actual balance. So 
Right. The reason I was thinking of that, and then I know obviously there's the interest tax deduction for mortgages. So I was like, especially in those early years, you're primarily paying just interest on that that loan. So you could even leverage that, yeah. which I guess we'd have to factor into your different scenarios as well. But I feel like that flexibility of like knowing that you're not at max capacity. What, what do you say? Max capacity. Max capacity. And knowing some months you can go harder and some months you might just stay the course. I feel like that's kind of nice. Yeah. It's like the 30 year just gives you more optionality because yeah. I think I, I was watching something the other day where someone was talking about their friend who had a 15 year mortgage and like heartbreakingly lost the home because mm. the mortgage payments were so high and someone lost their job and they couldn't make the payments anymore. And like, who knows if they would have been low enough with the 30 year that they could have kept it. But like, you just kind of have less slack in the system and you don't really have the option to pay less. Whereas with the 30, like to your point, you could pay more and go faster. Yeah. You can't really go slower with the 15 year if you're like, ah. Well, I'm trying to also run the math of like, if you invest in the market, with the 30 year that you had kind of given the example of, is your home going to appreciate so much in those first 15 years that you would make up that difference if you are aggressively trying to pay it off in 15 years? Like that in your net worth? Yeah. Versus just taking the money, putting it in the stock market with the additional money that you have. Could you just make the additional payments when possible and then invest the leftover money instead? Would Is there a world in which it would net out more? But it seems like from your math, maybe not. It's hard to say, and I'm no math whiz, so here's another one. Do your own due dill. But <laughs> due dill. Now I want a pickle. Gotta do the due dill. But I don't I think the 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 big sticking point that gets people is they see that five point four and they're like, ooh, that would be so sexy <laughs> to have a five point four instead of a six point eight. And so it's like, ah, should I like take this? Should I pay the extra point and a half like for the flexibility of being able to kind of, you know, pay faster if I want to or not? The other thing that, frankly, I'm not sure how to factor this in mathematically, but I feel like there's probably also something to this of like, is your plan to stay in this home forever wherein paying it off faster? I don't know. There's something weird about like rushing to pay off a house that you're just going to sell in five years. So. I don't know if that's also something to like traditionally you think of home equity as being kind of expensive because it's just sitting there in the value of your home. And traditionally homes do not appreciate faster than say money in the stock market appreciates. Ben and Cameron of Rational Reminder did a great episode about how paradoxically the most expensive time to own your home is when you own it outright because so much of your net worth is just sitting there like barely outpacing inflation versus when you're using the bank's money and your net worth can go be earning more for you in other places. So there's also this piece of like, ah, I don't know how to factor that in, but that also feels important of like, are you going to be there for a long time or are you just passing through? We've talked about this in the show too. Like it's your home. So maybe it's more about where you're going to spend the next 15 to 30 years and, and what you actually want that experience to be like. And if you have, I mean, I had this theory, obviously, right? That this, probably a small contingent of homeowners can actually right. afford a 15 year mortgage and therefore have one. And so I actually tried to find how many people mm. have them. I was not successful, but I did find the lowest interest rate that I've ever seen at the end of 2021. Do you want to take a guess at what it was? 
It's probably like a freaking fart in a prayer. It's going to be some obnoxiously low number. Like, it was 2.1%. Oh, they were just giving houses away. (laughs) Truly, it was the stupidest decision of mine to move and not buy a home at that time. But maybe not because I ended up moving right away. And that actually speaks to your other point. So yeah, true. You never know what life will hold. At least in this case, I don't think that there's always a clear answer because I, I don't. I think it's hard to put that price on flexibility, and like how you value that. And obviously, if you can afford both easily, then like maybe go for the 15 year. If you're like, yeah, dude, that's like no problem for us. Maybe you live in a really low cost of living area. But I do think that hopefully this has provided a framework for how to run the numbers for yourself mm-hmm. so that you can make an informed choice. And. Yeah, Gavin, keep on keep on rocking it, baby. Sounds like you're doing great if the 15 year is on your radar. All right, that is all for this week's Rich Girl Roundup. We will see you on Wednesday to talk about uh, money in marriage slash divorce, how to think about protecting yourself and your finances uh, if that time ever comes and what to know, maybe if you're even already going through it or think that you're about to go through it. So we will see you on Wednesday. Wednesday.